1: We had another question from Irish Mills by 40 he says, I don't see any takes as far as Notre Dame going to the playoffs or winning it all. I've seen like one half take on Hartman being a dark horse Heisman. My thoughts are why not this year?
2: What say you two? I've seen several people talk about Hartman as a dark horse candidate yeah, for the Heisman. I've, I've seen I've that, seen that I relatively times. frequently. Um I don't see any takes. As, I mean, I've seen a couple of people say that Notre Dame's a playoff dark horse, but honestly, right now, if you're a national analyst, why would you pick Notre Dame as a playoff team? I mean, they went nine and four last year, lost to Marshall and Stanford. I mean, we have seen teams all the time go from that to, you know, I've pointed this out, you know, George in year one, went eight and five under Kirby, lost to Vanderbilt. The next year they were in the championship game. Bob Stoops' first year, they went seven and five. He lost to Bob Davy. you know, at Notre Dame. Next year they went undefeated and won a title. It's It's not unheard of. Nick Saban's first
1: year was like six and six, yeah. 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 Um,
2: Louisiana Monroe. Now, (laughs) now, he was he had been a head coach before and won a title, you know. But uh, you know, so I understand. I understand some of the skepticism about Notre Dame. I do. As far as the playoff, I think having them like 18th and 19th, I think that's a little nutty. Like you're basically saying they're going to be the same team they were last year with Sam Hartman. That doesn't that doesn't track with me. You know, but uh, to to say that. You know they're going to be a playoff team. I, I'm I'm not bashing anybody for not having Notre Dame as a playoff team. I get it. Sure. I totally understand it. It's it's it's. I mean, and, and like I said, why not this year? I mean, to, to the main point of the question is I, I agree. That's why Ryan and I, immediately the sauce dismissed any talk of well, you know, maybe not this year. Maybe it's next. No, no, this year. Right. True, we'll yeah. we'll deal with next year. Or next year. Don't pass on this year's team as, as that because, you know, Bama's got a new quarterback. Georgia's not a, got a new quarterback. Ohio State's got a new quarterback. All these teams that that are perennial contenders have new quarterbacks and new coordinators. And, I mean, Bama's got two new coordinators. Georgia's got a new offensive coordinator. I mean, why not now? is exactly right. I, I mean – why not? I mean, when's the last time
1: you went into the season with a more accomplished quarterback than Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia in the same year? I mean, once right. that happens, and, right? and, and I mean, none yeah.
2: of those teams right have this elite five-star guy. They don't have this Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavaloa guy ready to step in as a freshman, right? A they don't have guys. that. Yeah, they're yeah. solid players. Like Dylan Lonergan is that guy at Alabama, but even he's not. He's the mo- probably the most talented guy on that roster, in my opinion. I've I've been very high on Dylan Lonergan for a long time. But, I mean, he's not scaring me the way that Trevor Lawrence did as a true freshman. He's not that kind of prospect. He's not. And Carson Beck's a good football player. Carson Beck's going to look a lot like Spencer Bennett did two years ago, in my opinion. But Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. What did I say? Spencer Bennett. Stetson Bennett. I mean, the guy was in college for 19 years. I should have his name down by now. (laughs) That's Um, true. You know, but I don't – Yeah, but I don't see him, you know, being a guy that you're like, oh, shoot, we can't beat that Carson Beck-led team right? I just don't see that. Sure. So yeah, but I I agree. Why not? Why not Notre Dame? Here's an interesting one. I wanted to pull up Ryan
1: from TD Brammy for if Notre Dame beats Ohio State by 14 plus with no defensive or special teams touchdowns with a couple of long drive touchdowns. Will your prediction for the team change? I mean, I haven't gone to the playoffs, so no,
2: I mean. I, I will say this, Ryan. It, my perception will change. My my prediction won't. Yeah. I actually have Notre Dame in the playoff winning a game. I had some fun with it, right? Um, even if you do that to Ohio State, it doesn't mean you're just going to walk through the rest of the schedule. They could still lose a game. What I would say, Ryan, is I had a buddy of mine ask me that. So do you think Notre Dame's capable of winning championships? Yeah, I think they're capable of winning championships. They just, they're going to need some help. They're going to need some breaks to go their way. And and he was like, well, what do you mean? And I kind of explained it to him. It's like, I just don't think this team is good enough right now yet to just go out there and every single week against Ohio State, Clemson, USC, Georgia, Bama, Michigan, and just out talent every team. Sure. Right. Like they're going to need some and and some breaks means, wow, this guy stepped up. We weren't expecting or, you know, things like that. But if they do that to Ohio State where they're just thoroughly the best team and just whoop Ohio State, I'm going to look back and say, okay, maybe they do have that kind of roster. Right. I mean, if you can do that to them, then why not everyone else? Because sure. I think Ohio State has one of the three or four most talented rosters in the country this year. Yeah, they have some question marks of some very important positions, tackle, quarterback, and all that. But it's like the quarterback battles between two top 100 kids, right? I mean, it's not like they're putting some bum out there. You know what I mean? So if you go whoop them in week five, yeah, that that would be week four, but game five, that, that, that would tell me that, okay, I don't think they need as many things to go their way as I thought they did. They are, they're they're sure. even better than I thought. But it does, I mean, our, Ryan and I's prediction is we're both having the playoffs. So I think what it would do, Ryan, is solidify prediction. our view of, of who they're going to be. Yeah, it's very true. I agree.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or, and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. All right, let's try to roll through these, Ryan, because we gotta, we're getting close to the end of when we have to be wrapping up here. So let's uh, rock, get through some more of these.
1: John Tarron, who says, if you could pick three players and score touchdowns on Saturday, who's getting them? Um Chris Tyree would be one. Sam Hartman should just be assumed right if i'm predicting let's these, just say think, right? the
2: person who actually does the scoring
1: crosses the end zone okay yeah
2: Yeah. chris tyree but you can still have sam won. hartman ryan is like a, a read zone or a bootleg or something yeah. but yeah just could actually is the one that crosses it yeah
1: chris tyree i'm gonna go tobias merriweather and i'm gonna go Jadarian price are my okay. guys that i would like
2: um if you could pick three I see. Where I see. I I get it now. I'm like, no, Audric. I see what. But I see if you could pick three. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Tobias for sure. Yeah. Um. Chris Tyree, another, and Holden Stace. Those would be my three. I thought about tight end
1: position in general. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Those would be my three.
1: Michael Johnson, what Notre Dame player would be a surprise to you as the player of the game on offense and defense? Surprises, man. All
2: right, okay. What would be the surprise? That's a good one, Michael. I like that one. What would be the surprise? And Michael's got a new avatar. I almost didn't recognize him at first. I remember he's he's always had the suit on. He's like, you know, it's football season, so he's uh, he's hitting that that IB dress code. I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, surprise pair and offense. Who who could be a surprise pair in offense? Well, that's a really good one, Ryan. Jabron
1: Ge- um, Payne would be mine. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why exactly? A- Just because I, I think that he's gonna be a part of spreading the wealth behind Audrey Gestamay. And he's also a guy that I I, I think of Jabron Payne as a guy that I think will get better with more touches, right? Like that's kind of yeah. how I view him. He's a volume. So guy. it would surprise me if like he's you know maybe
2: 12 carries, 100 yeah. yards, a touchdown. If like? he's the player of the game, it's like, wait a minute. If you're because you were gonna pick a back now, it's Audrick. Yeah, that's sure. a good one.
1: Yeah.
2: Who would defensively, who would be a surprise? DJ Brown?
1: That's yeah, DJ. Right, yeah. that
2: would surprise me if it was DJ Brown. Um Marist? Marist would surprise now. I'll tell you what, if Marist is the defensive MVP of this game. I'm gonna be really fired up about this
1: <laughs> right. <team>. right? <laughs> he's not. He's not the, I mean, to, back to the Greer Martini conversation, right? Right. He's not the type of linebacker you would expect to dominate the triple option. He is not disciplined.
2: Yeah. You know, like yes. Yeah. Now, and it would be if he's the player of the game for the right reasons. Not that he scooped yeah. up a fumble and ran it back, but if he's just making a bunch of plays, that would uh, yeah, that would surprise me. I, I do like your one. I do like yours about uh, Deion Colsey would be one just because we're not expecting him to be that guy, but that would also be something that would fire me up as a surprise. None of the other starting receivers would surprise me. Jaden House will not surprise me. It'd be something like that.
1: Yep. We had a question from Buellsfeld Financial Services. Thank you, JP. Which is more likely to happen? Joe Alt wins the Outland Trophy or Sam Hartman wins the Heisman Trophy? It cannot help to dream. I that would say... Good. Former on that one for me i, I mean, would say alt
2: because i don't yeah. think like notre dame could be nine and three this year and joe walt could win the outland trophy because he was the best
1: left tackle in the country right yeah right
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame needs to be really good. So it, it he needs to have it,
1: really good stats. He needs to be on a right. really good team. Like there's just
2: a lot more that goes involved, yeah. I think, in the so rather than the former. Right. His ability to win it has more to do with the team success where Joe Alt could now Joe Alt's in, in, chances get enhanced if Notre Dame is a great team. It sure. helps the cause, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going. He can't win it if they're nine and three. Sam Hartman is not a Heisman contender if Notre Dame's nine and three. I just he's just not. So I, I would say alt would be now and hopefully they're both in that finalist for that. That'd be
1: I I would also say that Joe all is probably one of the front runners for the outland, I would think coming yeah. into the season. You know what I mean? So right.
2: That's a good point where Sam Hartman has more guys he's after, gonna have to pass up over the course of he's, the year. That's a good point. He's
1: being called a dark horse while Joe waltz just one of the leaders, you know, like I mean yeah. him and older Fashanu and like those
2: types of guys. I mean they're one of the front yep. runners. Agree. Oops. Jason's oh no I, I didn't mean to click that one sorry about that
1: Gideon rosa do you think we'll see Jaden thomas from the slot at all this season
2: yeah i think so at times not a ton but i think we'll see it yeah i think we'll see it got connor grant with the question if this game ends
1: up similar to what last year's navy game was do your season expectations change
2: no ryan you and i talked about this yesterday i Yep. I've said this for a couple of, Navy to me, survive in advance. It's game one. You're playing on a different continent. Literally, you know, yep. you're, you're, you're breaking in some new pieces. You've got a new offensive coordinator. You're playing the triple option with the new rule changes. Look, you start off, you don't play great. Okay, fine. You know, and I, I'll I'll have, I will come out of the game with some, hmms, right. Let, let's see if, you know, let's see if they can correct that, but it won't change my, there's there's almost nothing that could happen tomorrow outside of Notre Dame losing that would change my expectations for the season. Now, some questions may come up that need to get answered in the next few weeks. Some questions may get answered in the first game. Well, you know, is Deion Coles going to be a big part of this offense? And then Dion goes out and catches eight balls for 140 yards. Okay, <laughs> sure. Okay. We have our answer, right? But it doesn't change yeah. my team expectations per se, right? It, sure. You know, is 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 Riley mill is going to be a good player inside and he goes on as a big game tomorrow. Okay, sure. But I'm already building in that projection into my season, barring them losing, right? Nothing is going to change my prediction or expectations, especially my expectations other than losing. That's yeah. the only thing that could change my, my prediction or expectations for this team. That's it. That's it. Just because I just don't put a ton in the first game. I mean, yeah, we've I seen that. this before. We've seen this dance where teams don't look great in their opener and then you know, come out and end up being a really good I mean, guys Let's not forget, last time Ohio State won a national championship, they struggled with Navy, they won- ended up winning 34 17. They struggled that game, and then two weeks later, got their brains beat in by Virginia Tech. Right? Like, September matters to me. I just don't think you should overreact to what happens in September outside sure. of losing. That's it, yeah, to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be concerning, I think, is the way to put it, Connor. Yeah. Like, it's not like the it's not a precursor necessarily. It's just, well, that needs to get fixed. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's not good. Right. That's not going to be sustainable. You can't can't yeah. go into NC state in two weeks and play like that yeah. and decide and decide that you just can turn it on. Right. Like that's the troubling yeah. part.
2: Agree. Questions would ar- ar- arise coming out of the game, but it wouldn't change my expectations unless those questions, what, what would, now what would Ryan going out the next three weeks and those things still persist, Even if you, even if you win, even if you beat NC state 24 to 21, but your offensive line's still struggling. You're not, you're not moving the ball. You know, there are certain things that could come out of this game. Your defense still can't stop the run, but yeah, you're winning some games. You're like, yeah, they're winning some games now, but when they get to that meat of the schedule starting on September 23rd, that next month's going to be rough because this team's just not as good as I thought it would have to be kind of continue for the next three, four games before I'd start feeling, you know, and you don't really bury Tennessee state, you know, you, you know, th- those type of things would yeah. it would have to be a, a pattern of it. It's very fair, in my opinion. Very fair.
1: Yeah, we are not Marshall. What's up? Which position group would you have the biggest disappointment in after the Navy game? Would it be impacted by Navy scheme or simply sleepwalking through a game? Thanks.
2: It's still it's it, it kind of goes back to the answer that you and I gave earlier, Ryan, About the the unit yeah. we're most looking forward to seeing. It's the lines right? If they don't play well, that's going to be concerning. And defensive line would be less concerning than offensive line. And the reason I say that is because part of what Navy does is so scheme specific that it's like, them not playing great against this team doesn't mean that they're not going to play great in future games because they're not running the same defense. They're not lining up the same, not using the same techniques and not making the same calls. It's completely different defense. If the offensive line just goes out there and gets their butt kicked by Navy, that's a problem. They don't have to play great against Navy, but if they get their butt kicked against Navy that would be concerning. That'd be yeah. very concerning. I expect them to have some misses. I don't expect them to completely just come out and dominate Navy and run for two hundred seven seven yards. I've said that, but sure. I need to see that you're, you know, you, you, you're the better unit, right? I mean, yep. they want to load the box and stop you from, because it's not about the rushing yards. That's the thing for me, right? It's not about the rushing yards. It's, do you play well? Right. Cause you can play well and not run the ball a whole lot. Cause you've got six blockers and they've got eight guys attacking the football, right? Guess what? You're not going to have a bunch of yards. But you can still say, hey, that D-line did a pretty good job. They forced Navy to put seven guys in the box, eight guys in the box, which is why Sam Hartman threw for 350 yards. You say, well, they only ran for 115 yards. Don't care. Look how well they were playing. They forced Navy to do this, and that's why you did all this. Right? It's about how they play, not so much the rushing yards. That would have me if they get if they get whipped in this game, I'm going to be very concerned because I don't think you necessarily yeah. turn that around in two weeks when you've already got the veteran. Like last year, you can understand Jared, Jared Patterson was hurt, you know Zeke was making just his, you know he was kind of breaking in a new position. You know Blake and Joe were sophomores. Josh Lug was breaking in a new position. Like you kind of understood them coming out of the gate a little bit slow last year. We even talked about that. Is how long we expected the line to be good? Our question was all year, all offseason was what, Ryan? How quickly will they become good? We knew yeah. there was going to be a growing period. You just hoped it didn't last too long, and it didn't. It lasted about two and a half games, and then and they figured it out. This year shouldn't have the same type of growing pains, Ryan. It just yeah. shouldn't because Should. of of what's coming back. You anyway, know, you had true sophomores at tackle. You had a new guy, a, a new player at center. You your left guard who was who was moved from center. Your right guard was a guy that moved from right tackle. Both your yeah. guards are veterans having with injury histories. You know, it's like we were switching positions. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly, and yeah. technically, Zeke Correll was switching positions again because he played guard the year before and wasn't very good. And yeah, Blake exactly. Fisher was still learning a new position because remember, he played left tackle and he didn't learn par- par- playing right tackle till bull prep. And he only before. played one
1: and a half games the year before. So, right, yeah, exactly. 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 So,
2: if they have the same kind of stumble out of the gate this year, Ryan, I'm going to be very concerned about the offensive line. I agree. And again, very not mystery. talking rushing yards, I'm talking about how they play just so people are clear. And, and like the Craig
1: Cromwell kid's a pretty big kid, right? The 6'3", 290-something. But like the other defensive linemen are not huge kids, right? So if you struggle inside, it's like, oh, man, I don't yeah. know about this one, guys. <laughs> yeah. Noop Life 007 says, do you see the same development, lack of development in an offensive line like when Jeff Quinn took over?
2: I haven't seen that. No, even in practices, yeah. that's not it. I mean, if anything – the fact that Joe Pat Coogan is is in the position he's in is a good sign of development. The fact that Rocco Spindler has made the jump that he has made is a good sign of development. The question is, how good will it be? Right. I mean, I have some concerns about Jeff R- Joe Rudolph because we just haven't seen him coach this offensive line in a game before. So there's there's some some natural concerns there. But Joe Rudolph is a significantly better football coach as an offensive line coach than Jeff Quinn was.
1: I was gonna say it's not gonna be a disaster, yeah, right? No, I mean, like, no. is it gonna be one that takes you over the top? We'll see if Joe Rudolph's that guy. But like, Joe Rudolph has a pretty good resume, guys. Like, he hasn't been a bad yeah. offensive line coach right. in his career, right? Like, he's been right. good offensive line coach. So, yeah, yeah.
2: A little bit of a follow up from that question. Uh, Connor Grant says, "What would be more concerning: a ten to seven win or a fifty-six to fifty-two win?" To me, it would be the 56- fifty-six to me. fifty-two for me because that means your really? defense is, yeah. Because like to me, all... here's here's why, Ryan. Number one, I've always said offense may take a little while to get going. The weather, sure. uh, Navy playing a weird style of defense. Game one, just a you know to me. But if the defense that has all the experience we have come that ha- they have coming back scores fifty two on your on on your offense on your defense, that is far more problematic to me than your offense. You know, in in rain having a bad day, that that would yeah.
1: I get, I get that perspective. It's just 10 points is
2: nothing. I get man. all that. That's scary. You know
1: I mean? get that. Especially get with that. the expectations you have. And I mean, honestly, like the offense last year was not very good for Notre Dame yeah. as an entirety of a unit. And if you come out and score 10, it's like, dang,
2: that's great. Right. But to me, you'd at least know that you had a pretty darn good defense. Sure. Where on the other side, if you win 56 to 52, that doesn't impress me that your offense put up 56 because Navy's defense can't stop the pass, right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, you should score on them. But giving a 52 would be a huge – neither of them are good scenarios. But, yeah, again, I go back to survive way. in advance. That's the big thing for me, survive yeah. in advance. That's ultimately what I care about.
1: Yeah, James Ingold just says, is it just me, but – the same Sam Hartman seem to have to you as it does – wait, look, let me start this over. Is it just me, but does Sam Hartman seem to you as it does me that he's more prototypical passer than we hoped Ian Book could have been? As far as athleticism, they're almost mirror images. They are not almost mirror images yeah. athletically. I disagree with that part. Yeah,
2: I think Ian – you think Ian Book is a much better athlete. Uh, he was certainly yeah, a better really- runner. Yeah, Ian
1: Book ran like four, or five, something yeah. at his pro day. Like he was like four, five, seven, he can, he can wasn't move. it? Something yeah, like that. He can move, yeah. man. He can move. Sam Hartman's not that guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, now the other part, what people hoped that Ian Book would be, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. I get like that's there. fair. Yeah, but Ian Book was just never really that guy. I mean, he yeah. he just was never that guy. But Sam Hartman, similar-ish. I just want Sam Hartman to be what he was awake. That's what I want Sam Hartman to be. Just be the kind of big time player you were at Wake. Just clean up the turnovers a little bit. Yeah, that's that's what I want to see.
1: I I, I think the only thing similar that they two have in common is that they're both. I mean, Hartman six one book, six foot one. Their body types are similar and one's two fifteen or whatever. Very similar body
2: types. Yeah. And and Sam Hartman has a much, much different looking throwing motion. I mean, they're just yeah, they're 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 pretty different players.
1: Yeah. Shaquille Oatmeal says probably a bad comparison, but is CJ Carr going to be taller, uh, taller Hartman?
2: I don't think that's a great comparison because it's yeah. kind of like the Ian e. Book comparison. I think C.J. Carr is a significantly better mover than Sam Hartman. Now, Sam Hartman's a decent athlete. Don't don't get it wrong. Ian e. Book was a very good athlete. I think C.J. Carr is a pretty darn good athlete. He's got very good escapability. You talked about that in your film breakdown of him, yep. Brian. That that you had not just the read zone pull that he pull and run that he had, but you can do some of that. You can pull. You can run read zone with C.J. Carr as your quarterback. He's got to learn how to slide a little better. Did you see that slide? It's like, okay, come on, bro. You just made – you turned an athletic play into an unathletic-looking play like with that slide. I guess he's he's never played baseball.
1: I'm kind of shocked about that. Interesting. He seems like a baseball. I I don't know if that's
2: a fact. It's just, I mean, judging by his
1: sliding skills, I don't know.
2: Or he could have been a head-first slide guy like I was growing up, and then they're trying to teach him how to slide feet first. But, uh, you know, I think think Sam – I think Sam – doesn't have the arm that CJ had at the same age. Now, Sam's arms got a lot stronger. I mean, a lot stronger over the years. But look, I, the best comparison I have for CJ Carr, stylistically, stylistically, okay, is Joe Burrow. And again, I'm not saying he's as good as Joe Burrow. I'm just saying stylistically, similar body type, although Joe's a tad taller, but similar body type. Joe Burrow doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He's more about intelligence and and guts and accuracy and you know timing and all those types of things but Joe Burrow's not in the same universe as like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen from an arm strength standpoint. I'm not saying he doesn't have a, a good arm. I'm just saying it's not like that cannon like he's fitting the ball on a 20-yard in-cut between it's, three guys, right?
1: I mean if we're being if we're being honest about it, he's an average arm in the NFL standards, which is a, it's still good but it's
2: not correct, stellar, right? Like he, he wins off of Herbert's other things. arm he do, right but he's got, but a quarterback doesn't need that to be great. Joe Montana didn't have a, a rocket arm, but he's really smart. He understands a game. He's a winner. He's a quality athlete. He's got all the other st- tools, right? And that's how I see CJ Carr. CJ Carr's never going to be going to a, a throwing competition with Dylan Rayola and blow you away with, look at how his arm stacks up. But he's going to be like, yeah, but he completed like 90% of, you know, it's going to be that kind of thing. You're never going to appreciate C.J. Carr until you see him in a game. He's not going to be that guy that goes to the quarterback skills competition and lights the world on fire with longest toss and the miles per hour and all that other kind of stuff, right? But he's going to have those other type of things. Those are those are the aspects that, that you're going to get from, from, from C.J. Carr that are going to impress you, which is why I, I do like the Joe Burrow comparison. Again, not saying he's going to be as good as Joe Burrow. I'm just saying stylistically – Sure. They're very, very similar,
1: yeah, very, very accurate like throws with anticipation, smooth in, in, in and out of the pocket. I mm-hmm. can see some parallels for sure. Yep. David Prevo says if young receivers expe- exceed expectations, any chances we see Chris Tyree in more of a theoretic role? Would be nice to have him motion to backfield for block release if Sam Hartman reads blitz.
2: I think we're going to see Chris Tyree in a Theo Riddick role. It's just not the Theo Riddick that I think David is referring to. I think it's going to be the, the 2010 Theo Riddick, right? Yeah. It, you know, the, the slot receiver version of Theo Riddick. That's what I think we're going to see, uh, used a little bit differently. Uh, the one thing that Chris Tyree can do that Theo Riddick can never do as a running back or as a receiver is he can make big plays. Theo was a possessions, a short, small possession type of slot receiver. You know, make a guy sure. miss, pick up 12 sure. yards, catch a slant. Chris Tyree brings big play potential. You has got to figure out how the best ways are to get those big plays out of him. But I would also like to see him be in the backfield at times. I mean, look, Ryan, you can go 11 and 21, 11 personnel and 21 personnel with Tyree without having to rotate. Sure. Use that, use that to your advantage. Be creative with that. But having him be like what Theo was in 2012, no, nah, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that.
1: Agreed. That's that's we're a little past that stage. Uh, yeah. Who would you take? This is from Shaquille Oatmeal. Who would you take a quarterback from the Kelly era forward with proper quarterback development?
2: If I could, ooh, I mean, I think I know your answer, Ryan. I think your answer is Deshaun. You've always talked about that. If, if, he's, Deshaun,
1: if he's bought in, yeah, I mean, that, I, that's
2: what proper QB development would mean to me. Would be yeah. getting that out of him. Right, I, I I kind of consider that part of QB development. Yeah, man. If he if he can get over those mental hurdles and buy into
1: the whole process, then yeah, Deshaun. Guys, I really think like we I think I think our, our we're soured by how things ended with Deshaun, and we kind of forget the fact that like that dude was dumb talented man. Yeah. Like had a strong arm, great deep ball, six four and a half, 230 plus pounds, could run. Like he was really talented. So yeah, if he yeah. was bought in, you could develop him. That kid could have been a special player,
2: in my opinion. I'm still, I'm still Everett Golson would be mine. I just think Everett Everett Golson had phenomenal arm talent. Some people in the chat are mentioning Brandon Wimbush. That's another one. Yeah. Brandon Wimbush, the good quarterback coach, could have. Like, could you imagine if Brandon Wimbush would have gone and played for Chip Kelly? Yeah, like sure. You, sure. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. If he didn't get ruined at Notre Dame, that's another one. But I, I just think Everett physically just had the best combination of running. Uh throwing, deep ball ability, accuracy. You know, Everett, I just don't know if Everett had it in here. That's my only question about Everett. But man, he was talented. He was he had a and you don't really appreciate Everett's arm until you see it in person. Like you yeah. really don't. Like He's you knew that he could throw the ball deep, but stuff. man, yeah. I mean, just the ball exploded out of his hand, Ryan. It really did. You're like, wow. Okay. That guy was pretty good, but again, proper quarterback development means you get this and this out of him. That's the point. Right. Right. It's like with you and Deshaun, right, right I mean, it's the same thing. Like proper quarterback development equals that. But if you could have got the best version of Deshaun Kaiser, the here's my three, and it's and it's pretty easy uh, as far as the current system. It's it's in whatever order you want. I really go four. It's Everett, it's Brandon, it's Deshaun, and it's Phil Jakovic. Those are the four for me that with yeah. good quarterback development, those four all could have had a chance to be special. I think Malik was always going to be somewhat limited because he was making such a giant transition from the option offense he ran in high school to this. He was never going to be a super accurate quarterback. He had a very long, you know what I mean? But he was just that winner, you know what I mean? Uh, somebody asked, would Malik be in my top five? Probably. He'd probably be that next guy for me. Um
1: Hit, hit, more, more of Malik's things was though the, the durability that obviously popped yeah. up, right? Like It wasn't like right. he was ruined necessarily. It was just an unfortunate circumstance right. that happened. Because if Malik so. doesn't
2: get hurt against Virginia, he's the starting quarterback in 2016. Right. There's no but conversation. We don't have to,
1: he's probably not even in this conversation at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, that would have been fun to watch. I mean, because look – Sean is Sean Davis has told me this he's like you talk to Everett and you talk to Malik and Deshaun and all these other quarterbacks they'll tell you Everett was the dude Everett was the guy they all were like that's the guy with the most ability he just didn't have the body that Deshaun had but man his arm talent was special absolutely special Chris
1: E. Bacon with a question Cam Williams will be the highest graded receiver on the team next year. Who does he remind you of? Will he be as ready as guys
2: like Jaden Greathouse? Well, he won't be my highest graded receiver, but I assume he's referring to the recruiting rankings. Assuming yeah. he doesn't drop, um, yeah. Um, who does he remind you of? Or will he be? Will he be as ready as Greathouse? They're different. Look, I don't think Notre Dame's going to have. I mean, Jaden Greathouse. We, you and I have talked about this, Ryan. Jaden Greathouse is one of the most advanced receivers. I, and we we've said this when they got him. We're not just talking about Notre Dame here. We're just talking about in the country. This is why we always kind of Ryan and I got a big chuckle whenever anybody would talk about, you know, Jaden Greathouse and they drop him in the rankings. And we're just like, you guys are nuts. I mean, you you guys just you guys are off. This is a just a silly. Silly ranking. One, one of the, one of the most productive wide receivers that we have seen in recent memory. Playing against big time football players. Yes, you know, like he goes out there gets a new quarterback this past year, and it it it's not, it doesn't work as good for them because you know they can't throw the ball. So what do they do? They put him at punt returner, and he takes four back for to the house last year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, Cam's. It'd be unfair to ask Cam to do that. Like Jaden Greathouse will have more. I mean, he, he had. Almost over 3,000 yards, I think, in his career, almost over, yep. excuse me, over 4,000 yards in his career receiving. Like, it's yep. just crazy. And like, numbers. 50 something t- total touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Just receiving. Yep. He had over 50 receiving touchdowns. Yep. Will he be as ready? Not in the way that Jaden is ready, but could Cam come in and help you as a freshman? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, put him outside and let him run go routes and, and you know, things like that. Absolutely. Who does it remind you of? My comp for him and, and I, my comps are all, college football related yeah is is Devonte adams that's my comp now Devonte became a far more precision route running guy in the nfl but in college their games are very similar i think that um cams probably has a little bit more explosiveness but Devonte adams is my wh- what he was at fresno is is um that's the one i liked yeah, that's the one for me. anybody anybody that kind of catches your eye when comparing Cam because I know you hate doing, I know you're not a big fan of comps, but I understand. I, know,
1: I, I like comps when they just kind of come. I just I don't, I personally don't have a good one for him, so like not a big force comps guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So I even mean, Braylon uh, James
2: are very similar body types and similar athletically and vertical players. I think that that Cam's a, more advanced than Braylon was. Yeah, but they're very similar players. Very fast, explosive leapers, six two, skinny. Can stretch yep. the field, uh, you know. The, the, if you're talking about a current Notre Dame team, that's more of where we'll be. I just think Cam's a little bit ahead, in my yes. opinion. Would agree. Yep. I, I want to say O'Brien. this real quick from from Todd yep. from Todd, Todd Brammy. Todd, this is a great question. This is more of a message board question. The two, the All 2010 team and the All All Decade team, and then same thing with college football. We've done that before on the show, but it, that's more. That's just a better message board questions so if you're a member of the message board i'd love for you to put this question on the message board we can discuss it there it's just already three and a half hours in and that's a that takes a little bit more thinking especially the overall college football right uh, that one that would be a little bit tougher right now but i didn't want to just completely ignore the question because i love questions like that are fun right and they're just it's more yeah. of a message board give me some time to think about it scour through rosters and stuff like that to refresh my memory sure
1: James O'Reilly asked, if Jonathan Taylor gets traded, what team would be the best fit for him? No, oh, I'll let you have that San- one, Ryan. I think San Francisco makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know they have Christian McCaffrey, but I just love the fit there. I would throw McCaffrey in that deal, to be honest. Uh, Miami is the one that I think makes the most sense because Miami doesn't have a dude at running back. They have a bunch of solid running backs. They have like Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, and they drafted David A. Chain this year, like solid players. But they run a lot of the Kyle Shanahan-esque system, which means that they're going to run a lot of outside zone. And I think that Jonathan Taylor, with that speed, would be incredible in that zone specifically, that mm-hmm. outside zone specific. So I like Miami as one. There was another one I was thinking of, but I can't think. Philadelphia Eagles, I think, would make a lot of sense, too. I live right outside of Philly, and that's been the talking point all week. Um, they don't really have a guy right now. They traded for DeAndre Swift, but he's been kind of up and down so far in his career. They have Rashad Penny, but he's been banged up throughout the entirety of his career. So I think the two best fits that I like are Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins.
2: I'm gonna respond to this comment right here. T Gun says uh, Ryan Kaiser was overrated. That that wasn't Ryan's comment. <laughs> Ryan said what I think you guys forget is he was cra- he was stupid. He was crazy talented. I don't think you can dispute that Deshaun was he was 6'4", he was 235, he could run. I mean, he had a, a 79-yard touchdown against Temple. He had over 1,000 yards rushing, and he had like didn't he have like 9 or 10 rushing touchdowns one year when he was a starter. He had a big yeah. arm. He threw a very good deep ball, very good deep ball. Yes. Uh, the question was never, the comment was never that Deshaun was a great player. The the comment was he was a great talent. So we're not saying Deshaun yeah. was the best quarterback of the last 10, 15 years. Definitely not. Threw too many dumb interceptions. I mean, it was he was incredibly talented. And I don't think that he was only he was a second round draft pick for one reason and one reason only. He had crazy talent. Big, strong, fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. His maturity, his production, none of that matched that of a second round draft pick. But he was drafted there because he had crazy talent. And that yeah. was the big uh, that was the comment. So I, I don't think you're to say he was overrated, we never we never said he was a great player. So you can't really bring overrated to me into the conversation of what Ryan said in that regard. Am, yeah, am, Tommy, am I, back right?
1: off, man. Back off. <laughs> you
2: you and Tommy with your little your little <laughs> chat beef he ta- I he love texted it. me
1: during the show, man. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. All
2: right, go here we go. Tommy. Last few here. I-
1: blooded. if the score is too high, do you think Marcus Freeman puts in a backup quarterback? And if so, do you think they use Angeli or Kenny Minchie due to it being so early in the season? Probably Steve Angeli, I would say. In
2: that I, I would absolutely yeah. Angeli, and I don't think they'd yep. play Kenny Minchie unless they had to play Kenny Minchie. Because even if you think Kenny's eventually going to become the backup quarterback, I'm not burning one of four games in week one. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm gonna wait a little bit for that, and and I think Steve's won the backup quarterback job for right now. Anyway, it doesn't mean it's over for all year, but Steve's, Steve's, because Steve has a better grasp of the offense. That's really what it comes down to right now. He just the experience yep. is going to help him. That's the big thing. That's the big thing.
1: Yep, David Lowe, what's up, David? Do y'all agree with Greg McElroy saying us only having saying only having four solid guards is a problem?
2: No, because if they're solid, then the offensive line is going to be very good. I, I think overall, Greg McElroy's comments about Notre Dame were very fair, and I think he's a guy that is. Sh- 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 I can't believe this. He actually is someone at ESPN that appears to have done his homework on Notre Dame and actually given an honest analysis and broken it down. Uh, he think, was referring he more to a just comment like that? that. Well, he was more referring to a comment that Marcus Freeman made okay. about the guard play. But no, I, I don't think you need five studs on the to have a great offensive line. So no, I don't. I don't agree with that. Uh, that being a concern, I'm I'm concerned if they don't have two solid starters. That's when I get. If, if the two guards are just solid, then this offensive line is going to be really good. They just need them to be solid, you know, and then, of course, you know, you need Zeke to be better than he was last year. Continue progressing, build on how he finished the year. And then you need your tackles to be studs. Uh, you don't need him to be, again. You don't need five guys to be Ryan Clemson, won and two national titles with five guys that were just solid especially the 2016 offensive line you could make a case that simpson i
1: guess yeah like the
2: 2018 offensive line had a little bit more talent you know the the kid had a right tackle whose name escaped me he was a fourth round uh uh termaine um uh, yeah he was a fourth round pick john simpson was a fourth round pick but john simpson was better in 2018 than than what they had in 2016 but even then it was just it was just solid it wasn't great 2016 offensive line was just for five solid dudes you know, I mean, that, that was it, and they won a title. But they played well together. If yeah. they're just solid, but they do their job every snap, their name will be just fine. They'll be just fine.
1: Pete Weber, is there any truth to Caleb Williams coming back for next season?
2: Oh my gosh, are we doing this? Well, Bryce, it's, do it's, be- ba- it's based on, on a comment gonna- that Caleb made. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. It's based we on a comment it Caleb made.
1: every single year, guys. Bryce Young said the same thing last right. year because you're asking a kid preseason before the season starts which is i like, freaking hate the that draft. question by the way.
2: Right? Like, yeah see they haven't played go- a game yet yes i'm leaving this is my i mean come on like exactly
1: What's he gonna and say? if he yeah, did I'm say leaving. that like,
2: yeah. and if he did say that yeah then he'd get ripped all year whenever he didn't play well well it's because he's thinking about right. the nfl right like yeah. you know can we stop asking kids this question like what i hate is on senior day when we get in and, and people are like, whoa, you're going to come back next year. Like, why are you asking this question? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Why? Can we wait till the season's over with to ask that question? Can we have just enough respect for these kids in the, in the program to say, can we just wait till the regular season at least is over with before we ask them about the NFL, please? Uh,
1: happens every single year to at least one right. big time quarterback. And all I'll say right. is I would be shocked if Caleb Williams was playing football in college in 2024. Absolutely no. shocked. So no way. Yeah. Joel the De- the Lord. sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I saw across the show, what was the worst home loss to watch? I was at Marshall game last year. <laughs> that was pretty bad, man. Uh,
2: <laughs> Northwestern 20 20- 2014 by far. Oh. Uh to me. And then the Stanford loss last year was way worse than the Marshall that loss. There, you were, but there. Ryan wasn't at that one, is the point. Yeah. But what was the the worst home loss to watch? I mean, I was there for Stanford. I, you know what? No, I'm going to take yeah. Northwestern 2014 was the worst. Stanford was second, definitely. I, I would even was argue like really
1: bad that year. Right? Were they three and nine or something? Right? Yeah, they were they were bad. Yeah,
2: yeah. Northwestern. Yeah, I think they finished four and eight actually, maybe. Eight. But uh, they were very bad. They were yeah. very very bad. They were not a very good football team. And just to, the way that Notre Dame watched lost it. That was the, the even the worst part two for me it was just the the stupidity of it like yeah. last year Notre Dame just played poorly They went five and seven the year before Ryan uh, one of their wins was over Western Illinois that season by the way yeah. but it, it was the way they lost you you go for two when you're up 11 in the fourth quarter which is yeah. just stupid I mean, like the, there's no card that says if you're up 11 kick go for two to get to third like 12 and 13, there's no difference. There's no, they got to score two touchdowns or they got to score three times if you're up 12. Like if you're up 12, Ryan, there's only two ways you can beat me. You got to score three times, touchdown, field goal, field. I mean, you'd have to go, um, excuse me. No, I'm sorry. Two scores, touchdown and field goal get you to 10. You need three scores to beat me if it's 12, right? Because you can't go for two. The best thing you can do in that case is to, you'd have to go, you'd have to go touchdown, field goal and you'd have to get uh, two field goals and an extra po- a two point conversion to beat me. That's the only way you could beat me in that scenario Correct. at 12. Correct? No, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You've got to score three times. You've got to score three times. I did the math wrong. You got to score three times. If I'm up 12, you got to do field touchdown, field goal, field goal three times, or you got to score two touchdowns to beat me. Right? Cause yeah. If you're up 11, then they only got to score twice, but only one of them has to be a touchdown because you just need a two point conversion, which is exactly what happened. They got a touchdown and a two point conversion, and a field goal and tied it up. Ended up going on and winning the game. Thir- 13 is what I'm was, is, the, is what I was going to say. Is getting to 13 means they've got to score a touchdown, field goal, field goal, and a two point conversion uh, to beat me. But that still requires more scoring. There right. was just that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Just stupid call. And and then you do a jet sweep to Chris Brown inside the five-yard line and he'd never carried the ball before. Like, I mean, there just were so many bad calls. That was one of the worst rushing teams in the country that year, Ryan. Uh, yeah. They came into that. That year they only rushed for 136 yards the whole year. Uh, their highest total coming into the Notre Dame game is they had 203 yards against Wisconsin, but they were coming off a game against Michigan where they had 109 yards. The week before that, they had 105 against Iowa. week before that, they had 117 against Nebraska. week before that, they had 124 against uh, Minnesota. They only rushed for 103 yards against Penn State, 108 yards against Cal, and 172 yards against Northern Illinois. They only ran for 166 yards, ran right against Western Illinois, and they went for 263 against Brian Van Gorder's defense. hmm <laughs> Like and I actually liked their running back. Their offensive line was just terrible. I I really liked their running back. That was Justin Jackson's freshman year.
0: Remember him? He was a good player.
2: Uh, But their offensive line was garbage that year, and you let them run all over you. It just—it was just—it was all that stuff, Ryan. That—that was so brutal. It wasn't even that Northwestern was terrible. I mean, they—they beat beat Wisconsin, a third top twenty-five Wisconsin team that year. Like they weren't. They weren't as bad as Stanford, but it was a worse loss than Stanford because of the way that they lost. Because it was just – it wasn't like just the team didn't show up like the Stanford game. It was like you gave them that game, and that's what made it worse with just dumb coaching mistakes. And, um, oh, God, that was so bad. Cincinnati game was – two years ago was pretty bad
1: just for the yeah. simple fact that they took over the stadium when they are yeah. And Notre Dame just
2: played with no heart that game. Just yeah. no heart that game. That was yep. really bad. Uh, May say K said he was at the UConn game in 09. That, that, that was, I'm sure that would have been tough. I, I wasn't at this, at that game, but I could, I would imagine that the, the, watching Notre Dame lose to Navy at home for the first time in like 43 years would have been a rough one to watch as well. But I wasn't at that sure. game. Sure. So, oh boy, that would have been rough. We
1: had Traquil, Traquil. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Does Deuce Knight play for Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee? If so, that school is featured tonight on ESPN High School Football tonight. Yep.
2: They're playing uh, Sarah Land. So he's going to face off against KJ Lacey tonight. so But, yes, he does play at Lipscomb. Yep. Yep. And then on
1: on Sunday, St. John Bosco is playing St. Thomas Aquinas on ESPN. Also,
2: yeah. I got both both of those set to record. Yep, yeah. got both set to record. A uh, couple of DB prospects in the twenty five class, I believe, are also playing on ESPN this weekend. Doesn't St. Francis play on on? Uh, I think they're on Saturday. Yeah, I think I, they play I, on I Saturday.
1: Is it St. Francis? I thought, I thought it was so. A different. I thought it was a different Maryland school. I could be wrong though.
2: Maybe it was the St. Francis in PA. Maybe it was them. But I thought a St. Francis played this weekend. You could be right. All right, maybe. last couple, Ryan, as we get out of here. Well, they're not DB prospects, and their name has much of a shot at anyway, so it's it's all good.
1: Blyberg, how is it that Howard Cross has never been given a chance at big end in certain packages, particularly when his weight was lower, great hands, and get off, mix it up?
2: Lack of length, lack of long speed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and if you're going to be six foot, you need to be like an Elvis Doomerville type of athlete where you are crazy explosive and you got very long arms, and Howard Cross is neither one of those. Would you agree with that, Ryan? I mean, we just don't see a lot of those six-foot – I mean, Elvis Doomerville was a unicorn in that regard.
1: He's only 5'11", man. He's a really weird, different guy. Yeah, but he
2: was really explosive. And Howard just doesn't have the long speed. He's not winning – he's not getting around that edge and getting to the quarterback. And Now, could Howard Cross maybe maybe play five technique in like a three-down look, play defensive end in like a three-down? Maybe, yeah, but even then his – you want him inside and penetrating, get him close to the ball and and being quick in penetrating yeah. and, and attacking that way. I actually think they've used him correctly. I think he's – I've got no complaints. The only complaint I've ever had with them playing with Howard Cross is I think they've played him too much, and not because he's not good, but because you don't want to put 50 snaps on that body against right. early in the season. That was more of my beef, but as far as schematically how they used him, I got no beef with how they've used Howard cross. None. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're just not going to use him on the edge. Cause he's not a, he's a linear player, right? Like you want him exploding through gaps. You don't want him bending edges. Right. Like that's just
2: not his. Agree. Game. Agree. It's a great way of putting it, Ryan. All right. Last two, Ryan, we have a little super chat here from Connor Grant. I, I don't even want to, you can answer this question. I I just, I don't even want to contemplate this being a reality. This just makes said- me sad.
1: What would Notre Dame's record be if it was exclusively ran the triple option? Well,
2: Notre Dame doesn't have a
1: quarterback on the roster that I would run in the triple option. So it probably wouldn't be too good, Connor. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be too good.
2: Yeah, Eight and four,
1: maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, Mm. they wouldn't be a great team. No, they would be a
2: very bad option team.
1: I I mean, like, Aldrick would be a great dive back, I guess, on the positives. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris Tyree would be a wing, I guess. I don't know.
2: I don't know. And we're going to end with – well, actually, I don't want to end with that one just yet. I do want to answer this one real quick. Uh, Irish Gordon Knotts' says show plans tomorrow. Just a reminder, we're going to publish the – Vince and Sean are going to record countdown to kickoff tonight. It's not going to be live this year. We're going to put that up at 6 a.m., so that will be on the podcast platform and on YouTube. So have that, and we'll have the post-game show. That's why you got to be subscribed and hit that notification bell. We're going to go live pretty quickly after the game. Uh, we'll go live pretty quickly after the game. And, uh, so maybe five, 10, 10 minutes, probably after the game, we'll go live yep. and, uh, and Ryan will start and I'll jump in as, as soon as I, as soon as I can. But, uh, yeah. And then of course, Sunday we'll have a post-game show, but we are not going to have a live show during the game. I know people have asked about that. We're, we're not going to do that. Now, Ryan, we can get to the last question from the real John A1. From the real John A1,
1: since you've covered Notre Dame, Name the top three fastest Notre Dame rosters and the top three most physical rosters. Who was your favorite going into game one?
2: Well, the fastest Notre Dame roster to me is still 2015. I think you could maybe argue that this team might have maybe more depth of speed, but when you've... Ryan, when, when your roster is Jay, is is Will Will Fuller, Jay, and Amir Carlisle is your slow receiver, Right. You know who's a sub four five. You've got Jalen Smith. You know that Kavari Russell, like Kavari, could run. You know, I mean, CJ could
1: run too. Bruce Dexter run. Williams is
2: by far your slowest running back. You've got CJ yeah. Prosser who was a four four. You've got Josh yeah. Adams who was a four four on a busted foot. Right. Yes. I mean, Josh Adams ran a four four eight on a bad foot. You know that that team could run. I mean, that right. 2015 team could really, really run. Um, I would say that the next closest team from a speed standpoint, hmm, I I still, maybe, maybe speed isn't the, the fast isn't the right way to describe it, but I still think that 2011 team was insanely talented. That was one of the most wasted teams at Brian. I mean, you had Michael Floyd, TJ Jones, Tyler Eifert, Jonas Gray, Sear Wood, Theo Riddick on offense, you know, defensively. You had Harrison Smith on that team. Darius Fleming was still on that team. You had Robert Planton. You had you had, oh man, that team was so, so talented. Gary Gray, you wait, Jamor Slaughter was on that team. Mantai, uh, man, that team was so talented, Ryan. And they just yeah. went eight and five, just wasted it. I, I've still said I would argue that the the 2000 yet Aaron Lynch on that 2011 team who was really good as a freshman. Freak, uh, yeah. you know that team was so talented, and they just wasted it. Just wasted it. Um, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call that team fast though. That's that's the only kind of hesitation that I would have. Physical, physical. Yeah, team. I mean the 14 team was pretty fast because it was mostly the same guys you had in 15. You know, I mean so. And then I would put this team in that conversation, just top to bottom speed. I mean, you've got a lot of speed. The the difference between this team, though, is a lot of your fastest players aren't going to be in your rotation as much as it was in 15. Like none of those teams had like you had Will Fuller in 2015, but this team has like two guys that run like Will Fuller and Chris Tyree and Micah Bell, just pure speed standpoint. But yeah. Chris Tyree is making a pe- position change and Micah Bell's not going to play. Yeah. You know, you're, you've got Cam Hart can run. Christian Gray can run. Your freshman linebackers can absolutely fly, but they're not starters for you. They're not playing for you. Yeah. I don't think a lot of Notre Dame's best speed is not in the starting lineup. It's the younger guys that are going to be rotating and running back. Your yeah. most explosive players are a freshman and a redshirt freshman. Right. Um, I mean, the speed of this team is outstanding. I just don't know how much of it's going to actually be prominent on this year's team, which is where, you know, next year you start thinking about, yeah, you're going to lose some guys. But next year's team, Ryan, as Christian Gray and Micah Bell and Braylon James and Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price and Drake Bowen and Jaden Osborne, all these guys start getting a little bit pushing more into the lineup. You may be young next year in some spots, but they are going to be fast. Yeah. Very fast next year. And that's something. And then you're adding Cam Har- I mean Cam Williams. You know, you're you're adding some of those guys that you're you, boy, Logan you know. Thomas. You, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're adding Keedron Young to the backfield. Uh man, next year's team, boy, it's gonna be able to run. I mean, linebacker Bodie Cahoon and Teddy Rizak are like confirmed <laughs> four the or the four five finals. guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, He's yeah,
1: Kitchens a slow guy at the linebacker group. <laughs> like, and did okay. you see how
2: athletic he looked in the opener? Like, yeah. we always wondered. One good. of the questions we had is like, how would he look year two after the injury? Sure, man, he looked explosive he looked in really that first good. game back, dude. He looked really yeah. good, so. I think next gets year's a, team. That's a
1: good team, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, yeah they play next year's team. Teams.
2: The next the next two, three years, Ryan, this team is going to – I mean, speed is not going to be your question mark on this football. Holden Stace at tight end. Eli Rared into tight end. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you're going to have some dudes who can flat out run. Now, are they going to be a good football team? I don't know. Yeah. But speed-wise, you're getting ready to go into an era where Notre Dame will not have any issues with speed against anybody. In my opinion, we'll, football talent we'll see, but sp- they're not going to be losing a bunch of games. boy, they just they didn't have enough speed on the field. That that's no. <laughs> that's not going to be an issue. They're, they're going right. to be big
1: and fast, man. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, so, yeah. That's the crazy Absolutely. part too is they've upgraded the length and size yeah. as well, which is wild. Yeah. So
2: yeah, so like you're having guys that can run a, even better than Drew White, but they're doing it in like three inches taller, you know, fifteen uh, pounds yeah. heavier. You know, yeah. and fa- and a step faster, in my opinion. Like, if Drake Bowen has the same testing numbers as Drew White had, he's going to be phenomenal because he's yeah. two inches taller and already 15 pounds heavier than Drew White was as a fifth-year senior. You know what That's I mean? Wild. And a lot longer. So, and and uh, Vince pointed this out, but, like, when we saw Jaden Osbury in fall camp compared to just even where he was in the spring, like, this kid is filled out. Like he is like 224 worked. pounds. And Ryan, it's on, yeah. like a legit, like, th- like thick lower body. Like you're like, okay, this kid's, and he's still explosive. You're like, okay, right. This yeah. th- but that's the thing is this team has so much and they have speed at spots that you don't even think about. You know, you, you watch Bubacar and Josh Burnham and Jordan Patel coming off the edge. You're like, dude, like they just got some twitchy guys coming off. the edge. And I didn't expect Bubacar to be that kind of guy, you know, but they got some really twitchy dudes on this football team. They, yeah. And in the big guy positions, not just the corners and receivers. Because one we think we're speed, we think corners, receivers, running backs, safeties. Sure. But this team has dudes that can run that are two thirty. I mean, Kejron Young for his size can run. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Jadarian Price is explosive. We, you know, but Drake Bowen, Jaden Allsbury, Bodie Calhoun, Teddy Rezac, those guys can run. Yes. You know. Jayden, did I say Jaden Osbury? I meant to include him as well, but yeah, that's what's what I'm looking forward to, man. And then Bronte Johnson, you're adding him to the you know next year. Like it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot. Man. Fun to watch. I'll take him around. You know? Yeah, That's going to do it, Ryan. You want to get us out of here, man? Oh, most it, physical. We didn't yes. finish that. Most physical. Okay. Uh, Seventeen is okay. is in a league of its own. I thought the 2018 team was pretty physical, especially on defense. Um those are definitely two that I would say uh, in 2012, those are the three. That's that one's easier to answer for me. It's 2018, 2017, and 2012 to me are easily the three most physical teams. That was one of the most disappointing team things about the last two years in their name. They just weren't a real physical team. Now the O-line became that last year, but a lot of times they just weren't, they weren't super physical, man. They they really weren't. And you know what we got in today's chat, Ryan, that we haven't had in a long time got our mace you he can help us out get out of here man what's up man he said join the message board make sure you hit
1: that like button subscribe and the notification bell share this podcast and leave a five-star review on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms make sure you visit the ib miss uh, ib store for the latest and best merch and as always go irish I'd also add to that boards at irishbreakdown.com make sure you're tapped in there See you all very soon again as we head into a game day tomorrow on Saturday on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.